It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, and Bill. And welcome to a double platinum edition of the Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, are Jeff Franklin and Stephen McFadden, but we'll get to these two fine gentlemen in just a second. But we first need to thank our wonderful sponsor in Halls & Company, better known as ID Line. You know, they have that great free spec sample program where you can get some random samples and other marketing materials with uh, logo and all sorts of details. They've even set up a great website for it. You know, it's a 48-year-old family-run company. The staff has quite literally hundreds of years of combined experience and they poured that into their free self-promo website and that's selfpromo.idline.com you can upload your own artwork and the specific details and they're going to produce 100 free re-stick it calendars you can re reposition those bad boys any place you want on just about any surface and they're going to keep your brand right in top of mind for your target audience so go ahead and visit that self-promo website from halls and company id line selfpromo.idline.com you won't be sorry you did now at the top of this broadcast i mentioned that i have two co-hosts with me let's say hi to stephen mcfadden who represents the distributor on this podcast President of Perfect Promotions and More, Raleigh, North Carolina. Stephen, how are you today? Doing well. Ready for another great week. That uh, was the least believable <laughs> greeting I've ever heard. But anyway, let's move on to our supplier on the panel. That would be the one and only Jeff Franklin, who is the National Account Manager with Headware USA. Jeff, how are you today? I'm great. Yeah, guys, this is not going to be a double platinum episode at all. I mean, you know, I just had to had to double down on Steve's intro there. Yeah, so that's a tough one, pal. So um, as we've talked about, the idea behind this podcast is we're going to take one topic that we're all aware of leading into the podcast and dissect it from the perspective of a service provider. That's me, Bill Petrie. I'm president of Promo Corner, uh, a supplier, the aforementioned Jeff Franklin, and a distributor, the aforementioned Stephen McFadden. And today, it's one of those topics that seems to come up all the time, but no one has an easy solution for it. And I'm banking on you two to solve this problem for the entire industry. Do you think you can handle it? Absolutely. I have I have never had less faith in anybody in my entire <laughs> life. But we're going to give this a tumble anyway. If you're banking on us, you're about to go bankrupt. Bobby. Yeah, no kidding. It's like uh, I'm. It's like October 28th, 1929, and I'm putting it all on the market uh, with you two. All right. So here's the topic today. Do printed catalogs matter or don't they? Stephen McFadden, let's go with you first. I'm delighted that you started with me. Uh, printed catalogs, do they matter? Mm. <laughs> let's see. I think they do and they don't. And I don't want to be like on the fence with the answer to this question, but you know, we we still use them a ton for, you know, for product research, not just uh, excuse me, not ourselves, but we, we let our our clients use them for their product research. I think the catalogs, though, are getting pretty ridiculous, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages. Um, you know, I, I prefer more of like the, like the magazine style 
that I'm starting to see a lot of a lot of folks do, or the quarterly new products, or things like that, things that are that are more deliverable, more tangible. Um, but I do think it's it's client specific. Like I, you know, I have some clients that all they want to do is have me send them links, and I'll send them digital catalogs for research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we have a group of clients that are that are not. They are, you know, they're they're they order differently. They come from a different generation of buying and they want to see, you know, a a book of product and they want to pick stuff out and put little tabs on it and circle stuff and send you pictures of it and and have us come and talk them through it. So, um, so yeah, they, they, they do and they don't, but I I think that it needs to change in some ways. They're just too dang big. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but way to straddle the fence and not really answer the question. Cool. Um, but I'm going to push back on one thing you said. So you said, ah, they're unnecessarily big. But what do you what do you propose a supplier do when let's take let's take Alpha Broder for example? Sure. They've absorbed Prime, which had absorbed Jetline before. So they've got a whole cadre of products. How if you think catalogs matter, if you're taking the position that they do, and I think you are depending on the client, which I, I get. You know what? I'll go for it. I think they matter. How about that? Wow. Ladies let's, and gentlemen, the it. first time Taking in this podcast, stance. McFadden takes a stance. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so they produce a thousand page catalog that weighs 800 metric tons. What are they supposed to do, though? Because they have so many products across almost every category in our industry. Well, I don't think they should be combined for starters. I think that would be ridiculous. It would mm-hmm. be, you know, way too heavy and large and obnoxious but i think that if they wanted to display catalogs like that or give us some some helpful tools i mean i think we have to realize it's a it's one of many sales tools it's not the only sales tool so they don't need to show us you know all twenty thousand SKUs they have now you know i think if they want to do like a featured catalog or you know a q4 bestsellers or you know, trends in the industry that those are way more effective to us uh, as a sales tool to our clients than um, than everything. You know, it's 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 hard enough to search, you know, through one of those books as it is now uh, than it would be, especially if they were all combined. Um, mm-hmm. So just simplifying them, I think there's several good examples in the industry of people that do do like smaller condensed catalogs or even like mm-hmm. mailer catalogs that we'll get right. throughout the year. Or even digital catalogs that you might be able to find at, I don't know, promocorner.com. Jeff Franklin oh, from the distributor perspective, I'm sorry, from the supplier perspective. <laughs> that was so smooth until I screwed that up. Incredibly. <laughs> Jeff Franklin from the supplier perspective. Do catalogs matter? Yeah, they matter. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely there's there's a lot more people nowadays that are saying yeah, I just want to go green or, oh God, don't throw me another catalog. Um, you know, and and I get that uh, frame of reference, but at the same time or that point of view, but at the same time there is definitely a place for catalogs. So you know, how do you handle that necessarily? I don't know. I mean, and on the supplier side, let me just tell you, it's really it's really complicated to um, to to handle that. Now, we're trying to rely on a CRM to sort of help uh, remind us who does and who does not want printed catalogs. 
but that's challenging in and of itself, uh, just in the, the way that uh, we get the catalogs printed and how they're then mailed. Uh, it's, a, it's a long, lengthy process. Uh, so there's not an easy solution. I'm sure we'll still screw it up. Um, but, you know, I understand why people would want to go green uh, and eliminate catalogs altogether. I also understand that if I work for Sanmar or Hit that I would be uh, one buff dude. Um, so that, that you know, there, there's obviously a benefit there. You could just get a workout in while you're working. Uh, that's mm -hmm. good. Um no, I mean, listen. There's definitely there's definitely a place for them. Uh, it's product research. You know, as a distributor, you're sitting in the uh, in the office and needing to flip through the catalog uh, to find stuff. It's also the ability to put the product right in front of your customer uh, mm -hmm. without having to have you know a hundred thousand products uh, in your duffel bag. Um, yes, that would be a magic trick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think th there's there's just there's that place for it. Uh, I know with digital, you could. You, know, you pull out an iPad and uh, you know flip through a digital catalog using Zoom or something like that. That would be or, great. Or promo corner. Or or promo corner. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, but I mean, I think the problem with that is that there's just some people that are still sort of very tangible and they want the physical catalog. Okay, so I, very rarely I think I've set a pretty good precedence. I don't chime in too terribly much because a lot of these don't impact me one way or the other. But I do have a pretty hot hot uh, sports opinion on this topic um and it does start off with the phrase it depends i will say this where catalogs need to die and where i generally go in my head when i think of catalogs are lazy distributor salespeople that drop off you know a thousand page sears wish book on their client or prospect's desk and say hey leaf through there we can put your logo on anything in there basically um, asking the client to do the job for you. Mm -hmm. I do think um, that some people would prefer, and, and maybe it's an older generation, but I think there's some, some people of all generations that just like the tactile feel of flipping through a magazine or, or a, a catalog. I do think there's value there. Um, but for the most part, especially with pricing fluctuations, and we just talked about this, I don't know, one or two or three episodes ago, whatever it was, about tariffs. You know, one of the challenges with a, a, a printed catalog, a hardcore printed catalog, is that you can't change pricing. You know, it, it's it's there. And you don't want to print, well, just call for pricing because that adds a layer of friction for your distributor. So I, that's why I always think the catalog probably needs to not necessarily go away, but it needs to skew digital because you can change things in real time. You can... Even if you wanted to, you could tie stocking levels to that as well. So that's where I've always struggled with the catalog. Because I remember when I first got in the industry before there were any digital catalogs, man, I had salespeople that would schlep 8, 10, 12 catalogs in their, their bag and as, as, a, as a distributor. And it's like, holy cow, not only are you going to get buff, like you said, Jeff, going to get a good workout, but how do you expect your client to feel like you're adding any value to the transaction when you're just simply slapping a bunch of uh, uh, you know bound paper on a desk and saying, "Hey, do my job for me." Mm. I would echo. You know, we we just got I don't know several catalogs for the 2019 year and uh, over over the last few months here, and most of the catalogs we have, there there is no pricing in them. So to kind of echo what you're saying, they're they're kind of hedging. You know, there's a lot of companies that have decided not to put that that pricing in there. I, I, I use 
catalogs not necessarily as a, a pricing tool but i always tell people use it as an idea guide you know if mm-hmm. they if they need that now granted the best idea guide should be us the distributor figuring Correct. out like what their what their event is and then figuring out the details but we there's always those few clients where you you can't get to them you know and they're like just just mm-hmm. send me something i'm gonna look at it when i'm at my house and you know so it's like all right well if that's the case i'm not gonna send you one of the big thick crazy catalogs i'm gonna send a piece of literature something nice looking or something slimmer or you know mm-hmm. more retail looking and then add some content and with it um letter or some suggestions or you know go ahead and help them find some stuff by marking some pages or you know so kind of taking that but you know of course enhancing it a little bit not just giving them a a stack of catalogs jeff what do you think yeah so um everybody likes to to you know yell at headwear for not putting prices in the catalogs it makes the job difficult yeah please Um, put it in the catalog this is exactly why we don't put it in the catalog but i think yeah Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, you're you're fine. You're you're absolutely right in saying that you can't change prices throughout the year. And when something like a you know possible 25% tariff uh, comes into play, uh, yeah, how do you handle that when pricing's in the catalog? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess every supplier deserves the right or, or has the right to you know change prices at any point in time. But that mm-hmm. uh, that sort of seems uh, you know a little little back ended if you ask me, you know, to to change the price halfway through the year when that's in your catalog. And of course distributors are gonna be out there selling and if the price is in the catalog and the, the end user sees the price in the catalog, they're gonna expect that as well. Um, the other thing, uh, why we don't put prices in catalogs is that, you know, I don't want to dictate to you what you can sell my product for. I mm-hmm. personally think you can get more than an A on mm-hmm. my product, because uh, we are uh, more cost competitive than you know some of the other guys. So if you sell my product at their price, you know, you can make more than an A. Um, right. You know, should, so, should I go there? Should I go there, Jeff? Yeah, go ahead. Go there. Well, I don't should know we where al- there is, but should we at least have it online though? Should we at least have it on a digital resource for us to access pricing somewhere so we can then figure out at least what our costs are in some ways? Like I feel like digital catalogs can exist in that in this new space you know right i think that sure i think that 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 still needs to exist regardless of the hard goods space yeah so are you are you asking in particular about pricing or about just catalogs in general well we, we were i guess more focused on you know, not including pricing on the printed catalogs segment yep. i think that that's where digital can help in some in a situation like tariffs where you can automatically adjust things as it mm-hmm. as it populates um so i think that that should be that should definitely be more and more used now and, and should be readily available instantly. You know, if pricing gets, gets updated, you can adjust it, you know, pretty much on the fly now digitally. Well, I think that's the benefit to not doing printed catalogs. Uh, so that would sort of be the, yes. uh, the, yes. the opposing, um, the opposing side to the, to, to the, to this discussion. Um, you know, there's definitely been more benefit, I think, to going to, you know, digital than there is to going printed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just to, to answer the question, yeah, I mean, if prices change and, and you know, you update it in a, in a digital catalog, that's fine. But it doesn't change the fact that if it is printed in a, in a physical catalog uh, and, you know, like Bill was saying, the guy that goes out and drops off 12 catalogs to his customer, uh, you know, if that price is in there, that's what they're going to expect to pay. Um, now, the one thing that I will say um, in regards to dropping off catalogs to an end user is that maybe having that 
physical catalog in front of them might deter them from going somewhere like a four imprint or browsing on their their you know their Googles um, you know what whatever product they're looking for maybe they'll just flip through the catalog instead um, you know is that logical or is that actually gonna happen I don't know but I mean that's you know could certainly be a way to deter people from going somewhere like a four imprint if they're not aware of them so I, I would I would say printed catalogs still hold this little tiny segment of reachable space that digital catalogs don't yet meet and i think that's primarily because of you know i'm, I'm not going to be you know maybe I'm, I'm better than some and i'm some sure people are better than me at this but i try not to do a lot of my work emails at home and things like that trying to do stuff like that but i may not have your your you know a digital presentation or your digital catalog because it's on my work email but I may be able to take that printed catalog home with me, or I may be able to show someone else, you know, or have it in the car, you know, like you said, kind of that, that physical reminder um, of things like that. So I, I don't know. I, I think eventually that's, the gap's going to start closing as obviously more and more digital overlap with digital catalogs and obviously email and I'm sure mobile catalogs and things like that are, are going to be something to, to check out or become more present. Yeah, I, you know, I, I still go back to, you know, the, the other thing that, you know, we haven't talked about with the printed catalog is when you print a catalog, you're generally going to do one run. You're going to do that one run in mm-hmm. late November, early December, and it, you're trying to, you know, it's, mm. it's almost like doing your taxes. Uh, the best number you can have when you do your taxes is zero, right? I don't want the government, uh, I don't want a huge refund because you've given the government an interest-free loan for, for the year. Uh, nor do I want to pay a lot, right? The goal's always zero, and I think it's that way with the supplier catalogs, and that's a very difficult art um, to, to, to master, quite frankly, because I know many suppliers end up with a bunch of catalogs at the end of the year, and they just end up, you know, they end up going uh, to be recycled. And that's, that's just money right off the bottom line. Yep. True. Yeah, our, it's, there's our, definitely there's definitely an art to that, and it's we've. I mean, I can speak from from the supplier side. We've been on both sides of that uh, of that coin. I mean, there's instances, you know, years where, you know, it comes, you know, you're in October, November, you know, in the late months of the year where you've run out of catalogs because you didn't budget for enough uh, and you've had a really good year. Um, you know, so what do you do in those situations? Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's also on the other side been times where we've had you know pallets of catalogs left over. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they just they go in the bin, you know. Right. So it's well, very very it, wasteful. It, yeah, there's just there's no easy answer because, again, I see see I think there's value to catalogs for distributors in terms of looking for ideas, because you do want to get away maybe sometimes from the screen and things like that. And I've always thought catalogs are a great way to look for ideas, but I think it's a horribly lazy way to sell. Um, and so I would never even, I don't, I would never as a salesperson, as a distributor salesperson, they would never, ever see a printed catalog from me. Um, I might, I would, I might use, I would use digital and online tools to create presentations so they can see them. You know, if I said, okay, here are some options for you for this project that I feel will move your target audience to action. It's just I think you go down this negative rabbit hole with the printed catalogs when you hand them off to a, a end user because, A, they know our pricing codes better than we do. So 
you know, you should be thanking Jeff for not having prices in his catalog. Really. I Thanks, mean, honestly. Um, I really, yeah, you're welcome, Jeff. That's just the way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just have this thing that, you know, it's good. I think it's good for the distributor, but it's horrible for the end user. And then if, if you, if we all kind of, as an industry agreed on that, you could cut your number of catalogs probably, geez, two-thirds maybe, Jeff, if you knew they were just going to distributors and they were just going to hold on to them uh, and use them for research. Probably more than that. Wow. I mean, look at look at what Sanmar does with the, uh, the you know, their, their self or their distributor printed catalogs, you know, where somebody like Perfect Promotions and more could get – you know, 500 catalogs that have the perfect promotions and more logo all over the front cover. Um, you know, look at how many of those that they print. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's any cost uh, to you, Steve. I, I, Steven, I don't know if you guys do that or not with Sanmar. We, we but, do. It's usually and, just just the shipping. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at the expense of that. You know, I mean, sure, there's got to be value involved if Sanmar's willing to put that kind of money out there for that. And look at how many of those they print for how many ever distributors that are out there sure. uh i mean that's got to be god awful costly you know and they they always ask us you know them and hit and and others you know how many do you want for the year our number mm-hmm. has decreased 50 percent every year for the last four years i think as far as because we realized we were wasting so much you know we wouldn't have it or we'd have this idea of sending it out in a campaign and then it turns out well we'll email it to them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be less and less. I don't think it's going to go away uh, indefinitely. I think there'll still be a use for it. Um, as as a supplier rep, I mean, I, I heavily rely on a physical catalog, sure. uh, having it on the road with me. So I mean, I think there's a place for them regardless. But I would love to see it decrease. You know, ninety percent fold would be awesome. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think if we could come to kind of some sort of Agreement, because you know, I'm, I'll never forget when I was a distributor and I had at the the office product company where I started off the division, and we had four people in the division, and every year it'd be like Mount Catalog because people would send me ten, fifteen, mm-hmm. and and you know, think about most suppliers at trade shows. And I don't know Jeff if you do this or not, so I'm not putting you on the spot, but most of them are like, oh, please take the catalogs. I don't want to lug them back to my car. I don't want to deal with them. Yeah, so we actually uh, we release our catalog uh, typically uh, sort of the mid middle of February each year. Mm-hmm. So we actually don't have catalogs with us at the big shows in January. That's good. That's I mean, good. most people most people don't want to take them nowadays. Anyways, they just say ship them, which is exactly what we end up doing anyway. So yeah, who's got the room in their suitcase when you're packing eight pair of shoes for the week? Yep, I'll right. tell you who. Nobody does. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think we've beaten this dead horse. I don't think we could come to a conclusion because there there are people who are always going to want printed catalogs. There are people who would never use a printed catalog. I think it's just finding the right number and the right uses for them. So um, I, I would definitely challenge any distributor out there, if you're dropping off catalogs to your clients, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it way wrong. But you know who doesn't do it wrong? That's a good people at Halls and Company. You better, you know them better as ID Line. We talked about their website, that free self promo website. It's located at selfpromo.idline.com. 
Go there. You can upload your own work, artwork, and any specific detail you want. And they're going to produce 100 free re-stick it calendars. Those are those are repositionable decals, and it's going to keep your name in front of your target audience for months and months and months to come. Gentlemen, I don't know if we solved anything today, but it was an outstanding, <laughs> outstanding discussion. I, so thanks again, guys. I, I told you if you were banking on us, you were going bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm about to go check my account right now. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.